This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919-1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by international best-selling author Heman Sunim, telling us what to do when things don't go your way. When we are, you know, very young and have a first love and the first love did not work out, we feel as though this is the end of the world. However, we learn that is not the case. We move on. We find some other people. We begin to see that uh, when things don't go your way, uh, maybe it's not the end. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. This is the Rugby World Cup on the left wing. Hello and welcome to the left wing. Well, Ireland have got their World Cup up and running with a resounding 82 points to 8 win over Romania. 12 tries scored. Roy O'Connor and Keane Tracy are here with me. Lads, we've done the press conferences. We've done the mix zone. The feel-good vibe is real. Yeah, and yeah, what was it, two minutes in? You were just suddenly getting flashbacks to 07 and I wrote this morning that like I think you can measure the success or failure of this tournament on whether and how often we're mentioning 07 and you're going God they looked lacklustre they looked Rusty uh, Rusty the, you know Sexton kicks the ball away and the, the, the Romanian scrum half ret- or the out half returns it gives the scrum half they scored a try and you're like oh dear what's going on here but they got it together they were quite impressive towards the end like I don't think it was a they won't be getting carried away in terms of the performance and Andy Farrell I think was fairly um Frank and what he said he was impressed with the second half performance he's pleased with the win he spoke very um, highly about the support the number of Irish people who've come here and I think they they wanted to get the feel good vibes going but really you know what were we ever going to learn today against the 19th ranked team in the world not a lot but they got Johnny Sexton in and out of Dodge 65 minutes he looked very sharp he looked good yeah he looked really good he spoke like he, he enjoyed it he, he uh, Keen has a piece about to go up on the website that mm. you know where, where he talks about how he felt coming back into it, and you know Andy Farrell held all the records that he's broken. King can talk me through them because I'm not entirely sure exactly which well, ones. Yeah, they I've were. just, just raised out going, going through the archives. Um, you were doing I w- your double check. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind, but I did a big piece in the paper today. But I, I will admit, I didn't realise that he was about to become um, Ireland's oldest ever player, um, surpassing John Hayes, which is incredible. Um, I think Andy Farrell was kind of almost keen to bring it up and slagging him. You can see there's such a good chemistry yeah. between Andy Farrell and, and Sexton because I think Sexton was almost expecting him to say they it they kind of bounce off each other they really other do yeah, really they're, nice they're kind way. of cut from the same cloth aren't they you can really see why Johnny Sexton is kind of Andy Farrell's captain um, and obviously then he equaled David Humphrey's uh, record of 24 points in a single World Cup game which was in against Argentina in 1999 uh, so that was pretty impressive and that means he's now nine short of Ronan O'Gara's all-time record so when I kind of realised that, I was thinking, geez, it could be against South Africa that he could set the record. But the, with the way Johnny Sexton was talking afterwards, well, he's going it. to be involved against yeah, Tonga. Yeah, he said afterwards that he hopes to improve his performance against Tonga. And I was like, oh, oh. Sure. He, he, even, when he, even when Jack Crowley was coming on for him, it, he didn't look like he wanted to come off at all. I suppose, why would you? I mean, despite the heat and all that, he was only, playing. Johnny Sexton's only got... A few at games most, six more games after and this hasn't one, played you know, in six months, so you yeah. can totally understand why he is. And, and you, I, I fully expect him to be involved now. What do you, you, look, you look at 
look at him and you wonder why he's finishing because he just looks like such a such a strong presence still. I mean, I just thought the Are you starting to stay year, on yeah. more <laughs> campaign, yeah. I mean, for just from the media point of view alone, like he's still a great great value. He's and just he's such quality. an intelligent operator and he, he always considers the questions and he's able to take questions on his own merits and stuff. But particularly when they come from the French, French media, <laughs> yeah, he took a bit of umbrage to to uh, Ireland's kicking. An, game in, an innocent question. Very much so. he took it that they were criticizing his one, but like he was able to deal with that stuff. Yeah. He's so mature. But I thought what I really was impressed by was how he um, impacted Ireland's standards in attack and how fluid they looked at times. Passing at times, the was, passing, yeah. and everyone around them. It wasn't just it wasn't just his role, but everyone around them. And the odd time there was a mistake. You know, Bundyaki, who had an exceptional game, did overrun the his line one once. Mistake, and the look the whole that game. Sexton gave him was yeah. just glaring. So he like it wasn't by any means a perfect Irish performance. Although it was a record World Cup win, um, I thought his his cameo or his sixty five minutes will give Ireland a lot of heart, but also probably re-emphasises how important he's going to be and keeping, you know, making sure that he gets through all these games. And that's, I suppose, where the debate... I'm sure we'll have time this week to talk about it, whether you do play him against Tonga begins. Just, just on that, though, I did think, now, the contest was obviously so far over, but I thought Jack Crowley played really well when he came on again. And I, I know, like, we've been having this debate about, you know, we always do who's going to be the backup. And I heard what was in my cat a couple of weeks ago was kind of saying... Yeah. But I don't know, like, every time I see Jack Crowdy and we spoke to him in the mix zone afterwards there I mean obviously it was his kick that created the, the last try which was arguably um, Ireland's best try his conversion kicking was oh, really was good exceptional, and yeah. like Ireland didn't really miss a beat in attack when Crowley came on you True, know he yeah. actually brought a bit of fizz Seamless, yeah, um, well, so yeah. I thought that was very encouraging as well um, like I still think that he should be in the pole position to, to be behind Sexton personally. I think he gives you a bit of something off the bench. So I think Ross Byrne will probably get his opportunity Definitely. to start next week. So yeah, so like, what do you think? I think do you Sexton think? maybe will be on the bench possibly with Ross Byrne to start. Um, you know, you know what you're going to get against Tonga. I mean, it was telling that Andy Farrell, you know, after, you know, racking up 80 odd points and everything that... you players came through on skate he actually said the most pleasing part of the day was Johnny Sexton 66 minutes or whatever it was so that to me just you know hammers home how important Johnny Sexton is but of course then that has to come into the thinking do you start him against Tonga because that's going to be very different to playing that Romanian team who okay they threw themselves about a bit but God, they were they were poor, like you'd have to say, some of their tackling, whereas you know Tonga are going to bring a serious physical edge. So it's going to be one, I think, that they'll be contemplating all week. Yeah, I tell you, when, when he scored his first try and he was holding his wrist, mm. it was like, oh my goodness. And yeah. uh, But the other big thing as well is that there is no collateral damage. You know, um, obviously Robbie Henshaw was ruled out before the game. Uh, Mack Hansen came in onto the bench and he came into the game then as well. But like that is a really good thing as well for Andy Farrell that it doesn't seem so far like there are any injuries and actually I saw Robbie Henshaw mm. uh, walking through and he seemed to be walking yeah, okay it sounds like a minor hamstring that he just felt it in the warm up yesterday but like you know it's just a shame for Robbie Henshaw because it's the third World Cup in a row where he's missed the opening game due to injury and, and you'd hope that you know, these we often hear that these injuries are not that serious initially, and then they go for a scan or they do something. So you just fingers crossed that it isn't serious, that he can get through it, that he can play a role. But he, like he has a major job in his hands to get back in that team because Bundyaki was the speed outstanding. He showed at one st- I mean, he looks yeah. at the top of his game. I top mean, there was game, one yeah. time he, he was down getting treatment, but like yeah, one of the the assistant coaches, John Fogarty, was in the mix zone ex- expressing his surprise at the fact that Omahani got selected as man in the match. I think they all felt that that Aki was the best player yeah. on the pitch. Sexton was in the mix as 
as well. But what a weapon for Ireland to have, like a fit and firing Bundyaki who looks like he's got a point to prove. I don't know who he's trying to prove it to, but he looks like he's playing like above himself. He looks like he's playing angry. And that's just a weapon for Ireland, especially against those bigger teams. Yeah, I, th- I think coming into the game, I think for the first time in ages, there was a bit of daylight between Robbie Henshaw and Bundyaki just over their body of work over the last season. Robbie Henshaw missed a lot of the last season, missed a lot of the Grand Slam. Even when he came back for, uh, for Leinster towards the end of the season, didn't quite hit his straps. And I think that performance, again, like all of this is caveated by the fact that it was Romania they were poor but I thought that performance from Bundyaki really hammered home that he now is Ireland's first choice it's 12. on top of the warm-ups as well I know mm. the, again the warm-ups are warm-ups but form is form you can see when a player is on top of his game and he really looks like he's hit this World Cup in incredible shape and what about uh, Joe McCarthy obviously a lot of talk of, about him going into this game uh, he spoke to us in the mix zone as well afterwards how do you reckon he went I was impressed with him. Um, like he did lots, lots of good stuff. I mean, he was a bit annoyed that he it took him three attempts to get over for that try, and he said that he turned on his phone and he's already getting stick from his friends, which is which is obviously gas. He got Caelan Doris was slagging because he got drilled into touch by the fullback. Yeah, Fair, which was unbelievable tackle. tackle yeah. But yeah, that that shouldn't happen. But I, what I was most impressed with Sinead, I think, is how well he slotted into Ireland's shape. I mean, like everyone's making like plenty of the fact that he's 120 kg in that, but he's got brilliant hands as well and like if you're a forward in this Ireland team you've got to be able to play ball and they used him a lot as that link player and he looked very very comfortable so look it's it's still very much a learning firm isn't it he still looks um, a little bit raw at times but I, I really like that I think the Ireland coaches have enhanced that rawness that's in him I mean he's still very young and I think we made this point earlier this week on one of the pods that if he had played well, which he did today, then it wouldn't yeah. be. It would be no surprise to see him involved in some form. I think against South Africa, maybe even from the start, it's yeah. not beyond there as a possibility. Well, certainly, I don't think. the vibe there was like I remember in twenty fifteen. They brought Tyke Furlong as kind of a young, uh, inexperienced player to get a World Cup under his belt and to show him what it's like. This is not Joe McCarthy's not here for experience. He's here to be part of this. This oh, thirty three. He's arrived, and yeah, he is yeah. he is a, a weapon that Ireland want to use. And like you talked to the props or the. the the hookers about how he contributes to the scrum as well. I think he, I, I, I said it during the week, I think he's going to be a big part for, of Ireland's plans for not th- not just this year, the next decade, but it started. It's, you know, it's, he is the real deal. And we were chanting Ian Henderson there and like, he admitted he it. Like, he feels shiner, like he? he's got a serious shiner. Yeah. yeah. He was saying like, he understands that this kid is, is there as competition for him. It's not like a guy that need to take under the wing. He's coming for their jerseys. Yeah. Well, it's going to bring raise up everybody else's game as well. Yeah. I loved Tyke Furlong's description of him the other day. And the only way that Tyke Furlong, the, the kind of farmer from Wexford say, he's a, what he say? He's a big old lad, very well put together. I thought that was just such a perfect uh, description of him, but he seems to be very popular as well. I mean, I, I'd imagine if you're a young guy coming into a settled squad like that, it could be tricky but they seem to all really really get on I think he's a bit of crack behind the scenes as well so um, it really bodes well I think for Ireland going forward Yeah anything else Any? Was the, how was the line out I know Andy Farrell was asked about that in the press conference as well afterwards Yeah not not brilliant. I think they lost two or three, and the first one we again. When do we start getting I, worried I, about this? I mean, I we've been talking. I'm not as worried about it today. I I thought again. Sorry, we keep not dropping names. We have just come from the mix zone, but Rob Herring was in there, and he was talking about how the we first spoke to the whole team. Yeah, but they brought in everyone fairness, in, and they were yeah, good for him. It was good, like which yeah. is unusual. Like we don't often get the, this level of access. But you know, speaking to Herring about his first time experience, he said, "Like I was just really nervous. Like I didn't expect to be, but I was really nervous because my first World Cup game, they contested really well. They won it, but he was happy with how it went afterwards. I didn't feel like it was." Assist. I didn't feel like it was as like there was no penalties given away in the mall. I thought the set piece in general was quite strong. I think the scrum was very good, um, and I wouldn't be alarmed. But like, yeah, you know, we cannot take much from this game from a yeah. tactical or, or technical point of view. What I did like the most, though, was the fact that 
deep into injury time on their own line. They refused to kick the ball out. Farrell was down there, willing them to go, keep going, keep going, keep going. Um, the attitude that this team has to take every moment and to seize every opportunity they have in an Ireland shirt, it could have been easy to kick. It was reminded of Joey Carby kicking the ball off against Japan four years ago in very different circumstances, but they kept going for it, kept going for it, and they tried stuff, and it came off with that tight burn try to death, and there's been a few instances, I think it was Fiji, I think it was over in Rome as well, he was like... Fiji, he was really annoyed. When they kicked uh, it off, and when, in Rome, he was like, keep yeah, it on, keep it on, when, he picked up on the cameras. He, when, I remember, that was the first thing that struck me when I was watching them running it from deep. Um, after the game in Fiji, like Ireland had just won, it wasn't the best performance last November, but Andy Farrell came in, and basically, I'm not going to say hung his players out to dry, but like made a point of the fact that people had paid money to come to see them, don't kick the ball out at the end, you know, give them something to today as well was you know, the, exactly you know, the fans have spent a lot of money today which it's probably worth mentioning as well that not everyone it's by the sounds of it had a good time with all the queues and stuff to to try and get here which is shocking really when you think about the amount of money that people are spending but um i totally agree with rod i think it sums up the the attitude the bravery i mean it is all well and good doing it against romania when you're 70 odd points up but um it's reflective i think in the confidence that's in this team Jack Crowley, like I mentioned earlier, putting in that kick for Bundyaki, and it wasn't something that they had planned. It was just something off the cuff. Bundyaki spotted the space in behind, gave a quick shout to Crowley. Crowley backed his skills, and then they scored up the other end when they were defending. And it was, like I said, probably the pick of the bunch. So um, I thought that was brilliant as well, and really encouraging. Yeah, because you spoke about that earlier this, this week about that just getting that killer yeah. instinct. And they they did it. Like it's a, it's been a while since Ireland have really put up a score like that. I mean, obviously not to that extent in terms of eighty points but just absolutely you know hammering a team showing why they are the number one best team in the world look the reality is that South Africa could put 100 points I mean they could put even more you know um, but this was a very I think good day at the office no injuries l- some lovely play lovely try try scored some good play no injuries Johnny Sexton's records and it's kind of on now to a bigger task as they kind of get, start to get bigger and bigger yeah, yeah it is so they are returning to tour tomorrow yeah. where, where are you where in the world are you Again tomorrow, I'm heading to Marseille <laughs> tomorrow. On the, I'm getting a six-hour train to Marseille in the morning to see Scotland play South Africa in Marseille tomorrow. Uh, I think I expect to go through at least five t-shirts tomorrow <laughs> in the heat. I do think the point Key made um, about the fans does bear repeating and, and emphasizing. Like people spend a lot of money to be here. I'm sure some of them are listening to us on their way back um, on their flight home. And, and like apparently the trams, I haven't quite got the full details of it. I think the tram network may have collapsed under the weight of all the people trying to get out to the game. Like I, I know one journalist was, and again we got through the prism of talking to to, to 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 our colleagues here. But one Welsh journalist I was chatting to had to get out and walk forty minutes in 35, 36 degree heat to get to the game. Like the conditions are very difficult. It, no one expected the weather to be this bad. But Paris last night was a bit of a logistical nightmare as well. Trying to get to the stadium, traffic was horrific. Now everyone was in. It, it didn't seem to be as bad as say some big events that have been there before. But I'd be a little bit worried about what I've seen the first two days about the the stuff you know around the stadiums. I think everyone yeah, who's coming over, coming over need yeah. to be at stadiums early. It's really like, so yeah. it's so wrong that like because this isn't a case boy from everything that you hear that fans decided to turn up at the last minute you know and get in and take their seats oh it's, there were loads around it's, here it's hours so yeah. we, yeah. we could see the queues already no, forming lot, like at all the empty seats there was a lot of people who were staying in the shade yeah. they had to, and it, was, it was so hot it was so hot and that, yeah. that, it does put the tram network and stuff under under pressure 
but I would be a little bit concerned, given like you know Champions League finals, both in Istanbul and Paris, that this is going to be a bit of a recurring team. And um, you know, like just I think the advice to anyone coming over is get out to your stadiums early and just get set up your base here because even three, I got here three hours before the tram was rammed. Yeah, like it, it. I just wanted to say it's so wrong. Like we're in a very privileged position that we get to be here for for work, but we've all been at sporting occasions as fans. Like it costs a lot of money, particularly to come over to a. a country as expensive as France and it's so wrong like the tournament organisers need to make sure that this doesn't happen again because it's, it's a farce really like it's just so so unfair um, so yeah hopefully that this is just a bit of early teething problems but the fact you look back to what happened at the Champions League final last year where you would, you would have thought like I know that was on, I was on a bigger scale but you would have thought okay the World Cup there just cannot be anything like that happening now thankfully it didn't end up as serious as the Champions League final but you just don't want fans missing it it's just not Fair. No, it certainly isn't. Uh, well, that's it, lads. One down, one match down. Uh, plenty more weeks to go, of course. Uh, we're going to be back with another, and we'll get your thoughts, obviously, in tomorrow's game on Monday's uh, Left Wing podcast. So uh, do keep an eye out on your podcast streams for that. Thanks for listening. Listen and follow the Left Wing wherever you get your podcasts.